Hi, my name is Sarvesh Gupta and you're listening to Jazzbate. Hey guys, welcome back to Just Baate. My name is Ashwin. Like always, I have Pratib alongside with me. Pratib, I was going to put you on spot. I told you this before the recording started. But talk about the best cricket YouTube channel out there. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, you really put me on spot with that. So, I can do two things here. I can actually talk about the best uh, cricketing YouTube channel. Or I can plug our cricketing channel that is that just came out a couple of weeks That's back. That's the point. That's the best. Mm okay nice so this is how we're playing it cool so guys go subscribe to cricket by just baate we're going to do a lot of cricket stuff obviously the world cup is on so go watch those videos probably going to roll out this coming week i don't know when this episode itself <laughs> is going true. to come out so yeah, yeah. this probably going to be a lot of content yes. by then yeah yes oh talk about advertising but yes introducing our guest for today so there's a, there are a lot of things and there are a lot of reasons why we brought him on today so one of them is every time i look at so i don't judge people's lives by their instagram stories i don't do that that's one thing i do not do but every time i look at this guy's story he's always in a place where i want to be and i've asked him this so i can confirm he does have a real job he has a corporate job but my for a lot of times i thought he either is in the traveling industry or just has a lot of money but he does have a job and so when i asked him about that because i asked him if he has a job and i appreciated the fact that he can travel he can make time for himself and work and he told me there's no point of cruising along if you ain't having fun and that's when i realized my life's just sad cuz i thought i was having a lot of fun but i wasn't traveling anywhere and i thought i had no time or money but yes so we are here to talk about that we are here to talk about a lot of things sarvesh gupta thank you for coming in and being a guest on our show thank you for having me guys yes. excited now so you travel a lot and that's why you're here to talk about that but also you do have a real job you have a corporate job so my question to you is how do you work how do you make time for yourself how do you make time for your trips and for your family so i'll at the onset i'd like to call out that my job um is a remote first job mm-hmm. right so my company um has told that for foreseeable future we don't they'll never force us to come to office so that is an advantage right off the bat and that's one of the positive things that has come out for a lot of us after covid right so so that gives me an immense advantage and the second thing is uh planning right you see a lot of uh, uh, it's very romanticized that you know instant trip and you know we didn't plan this and we are sitting here right but that does not happen Mm. in real life when you have a budget when you have a corporate job to do when you yeah. have people you're accountable for mm-hmm. right so it's about planning and and obviously <laughs> enabled by remote i'm enabled by remote work to just take my laptop and go right so i'm also in that in that mindset always that you know first of all i like my job which also helps me do it while i'm traveling really? right? if I, oh. I i i if it, if i hate my job so you know generally tra- people you know they go on vacations right so i don't yeah. call myself on vacation vacation is you're there for 5 days 6 days 7 days and you're back to your job right so mm. i like my job so i'm not sad when i'm doing it <laughs> when i'm traveling i I, right. i don't mind doing it when i'm traveling right mm-hmm. and i mm. and second i need to keep i need to be good at it so that i can keep keep traveling so that that is one part of it 
Um, second part of it, obviously, I don't have a trust fund um, or, or ancestral wealth that just keeps giving me money on a monthly basis. The second part is it is a lot about the choices that you make, right? Um, and the priorities that you have, right? right. Uh, so, so what is the ex- what is the experience that you want to seek? If if the experience that you want to seek is, um, you know, partying in the weekend, that is great, that is fine. But you know, so you know, okay, I, I I'm going to you know put my resources up there, my time, my energy, my money up there, right? right? Uh, so if my, my, the experiences that I seek is traveling, right? So I know that, okay, I need to allocate my resources, my time, my energy, my money in, in traveling. So those are the conscious choices that you make. I am not saying that if you're blowing money, partying, um, every weekend, that is the wrong choice. It's just a choice that you yeah. make. And, uh, and then, yeah, you, you stick, you stick with that choice, but planning, planning, planning is at the end of the day key. What happens if they make it, if they, if your job makes it compulsory for you to come to office? What do you do? I, I honestly have to rethink a lot of it because um, uh-huh. I've become very comfortable in a remote first company. And today it's, it's honestly an edge for employers who are, who are hiring in this hot uh, market talent pool to give that option. Right. Right. So, that so, is one. so, so you might think of leaving the job, even though you like the job, if they make it compulsory for you to come to office. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I may, I make, I may consider, or may, I, I basically have to go back and think, right? Like there are these sort, these sort of things I have to do. Can I still achieve those goals, right? Like I want to be on the road for these many days a year, or these are the experiences I want to seek, and can I still do that in this setup? Now, if they're calling me two days a week, I can, you know, I can still figure something out, right? But I don't have an honestly an answer to that right now, and if my employer is seeing hmm, this, <laughs> I will not quit the job immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, but. Uh, but I honestly don't have an answer to that because I've just gotten very comfortable at this. It is a quite an edge having you know a remote first job. Cannot relate her to that because I have to go to office at least three days a week. But it was fun while it was online. Anyways, I like how right off the bat you said that it's not uh, how a lot of people romanticize the fact that instantaneous trips and all because it doesn't happen. Like it requires a lot of planning. Uh, so now you've been on a bunch of trips. So the next question we have is more on the lines of solo trips. So you do a lot of solo trips, right? If I'm not wrong. Yeah. So firstly, to go alone in itself, I mean, that's a very intimidating thing. So at what point did you sort of figure out that, okay, solo trips is your thing? So that that's a good question. And I was actually expecting that question, but I didn't prepare for that question. <laughs> but... <laughs> what? Right. Can, candidly speaking, uh, uh, mm. it, it started with, I started seeking these experience, non-conventional experiences, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Which wasn't like, just go, like, go see a monument or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, right. you know, not, not very mainstream thing. I love seeing a monument, nothing against monument. I'm saying not very mainstream, yeah. right? So I think my, my first solo trip was sometime late last year, where I decided I want to learn surfing, right? And, uh, and it's hard to convince people, you know? Come with me, spend 10, 10 yes. 20 days in a yeah. random coastal town and you stand, you get to stand on a board while the water is moving. It's hard for you I to people. get people committed to that. <laughs> That's also so, because you don't like water in general. You wouldn't yeah, okay. That. I mean, but still like, yeah. I get his point. Uh, so, so, so I figured, so I figured that there's certain, if I need to see these experiences, I just need to go and do them myself. Right, without being dependent on people. It's not that I don't enjoy traveling with people, friends, family. Mm-hmm. I love that too. Right. But certain times you just have to 
if you need something for yourself you have to go and make it and second thing is as mm. as my peers and people you know they are they're growing up they have their own jobs their own responsibilities it's going to get, it gets harder That's for true. everyone's plans to you know always right, match yeah and mm. i don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing about me i don't like waiting without assurance for people if oh, you yeah, tell fair, me that man. you know say you know maybe can we do this 6 months later i'll say okay i love to do a trip with you 6 months later but this trip i'm going right now right mm-hmm. yeah. so there's a saying in bengali right that if no one if no one responds if no one responds to your calls you just start walking alone say that and in I bengali and i remember that say that in bengali jodi tumar dak shone koi na ashe tumi akla chalo re it's by ravindranath tagore Oh, I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So just walk on your own if no one responds to your uh, call. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I relate to that a lot when I solo travel, and that itself has brought on very different experiences and very different levels of self awareness for me as well. Mm-hmm. I was there was another question, but now that you're talking about solo trips and solo travels in general, have there been times when, I mean, you could be seeing the most beautiful thing in front of you, but. have there been times when you have fell low because you're alone or you have fell lonely because you don't have your friends or family around you or have you always been in the moments of saying hey this is beautiful i like this so i'll be honest there have so this year itself i spent almost a month um backpacking through uttarakhand through himachal pradesh right. staying in these little villages right mm-hmm. and uh, working along the go as well so there definitely are those times where you question that uh, what am i doing here alone sitting in a village in the middle of nowhere no one knows my whereabouts and why do i can't I just come normally like other people right so there definitely will be those moments you will if you want to leave your bag and go to the washroom or go to buy something you need someone to look after <laughs> your bag yeah. you will again question that can i just have someone i know with me mm-hmm. and in in general you you know you're traveling in a bus and then you you're getting bored right and you're like you know maybe if i had someone to talk to me next to me right but but on on the flip side on the same bus you can just talk to the local person same right next right, to you and that's yeah, a kind of a new world right, of things right, for you so it has its you know pros and cons mm-hmm. so have you have you met a lot of people have you made friends along the way doing these solo trips yeah yeah absolutely uh so uh you know you meet a lot of people uh, i wouldn't say friends uh, who you can you know maybe go you know go text on instagram later right, yeah 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 but, yeah, yeah. but mm-hmm. it, it it's been that it's it's been met a lot of genuine people mm-hmm. i'd say Right. along the way and understood about their lives mm-hmm. and i was just previously talking about perspective right yeah. gives you it's given so much perspective on you know we live life a certain way right and uh, we come from similar backgrounds to an extent right but there are many other ways of living life that people are living and many other success metrics if mm-hmm. i may call it that in life right yeah, everyone has right. this metrics and we are um, i'm let me talk about myself i am exposed to certain success metrics in my yeah. life right yeah. but talking to those people gives them a different gives gives that at least i'm aware of the fact that there are these other success metrics also that exist mm-hmm. and right. people can be happy through these other ways so um definitely mm-hmm. opens up a lot of things especially if you the places i travel off week places mm-hmm. um i love talking to locals finding out how they live their lives and so mm-hmm. and and yeah, uh, so nice. if i may i'll tell a story um mm-hmm. I had um, yeah, this year, right? Yeah. I was traveling um, in a village slightly ahead of Manali. Mm-hmm. Um, I was mm-hmm. living there in a local's house. It was like an Airbnb, and the local okay. local family used to live oh, there. Okay. And the man and the man who was staying there, he's been staying there since I think decades. And he has seen that highway in front of him come up. Like he he told me that when he arrived here, he arrived here in a horse with his things. 
that's how perfect and at first shot you you know you talk to him or you'd see anyone right without judging anyone you'd think okay normal you know just a villager you know uh-huh. minding his mm-hmm. minding his business right. and you know he's been in this village for a while and you know you move on right and so one evening i had a very long day at work and i came out of my room and uh, i see him just with some two three friends of his you know of the neighborhood mm-hmm. they were just you know drinking and eating and he invites me over that why do you join us and okay i said mm-hmm. okay i don't mind and i sit there and then the way the night progresses the crazy story these these guys had mm-hmm. right this guy so i had come from a trek just just few weeks before that and mm-hmm. it was one of my dream treks and i i was feeling you know very like you know i killed it i climbed a very tall mountain i i i rock you know and then this guy got out this big stack of you know those photo albums the physical right. ones right and this oh, guy had photo okay. in places that are not accessible to to normal civilians this guy had a background in defense working in defense oh. and, and that made him go play and he's showing me these photos he's like you know this people, civilians cannot go here like because of his work i don't know exact description of his job but he mm. showed me those photos and I, and that that instant click like today morning i thought he's just you know villager minding his own business and when you talk to someone you get those you you understand their experiences and and get to see that they they bring so much more to the table if you just make that first move and go talk to them mm-hmm. right so these experiences you know really stay with you that is so beautiful what that you know i think that's the difference though i think i don't i mean i might just be saying this now i i'll go for solo trips because i like the idea of it and i've done i mean not the way you do it like not on large scale but i've done small scale solo trips and i completely enjoy it except if i were you and if someone called me to drink and sit with them and talk i don't think i would do that and i think i might lose out on those conversations because of that i think that's really beautiful that you can now like we had told you before we have few photos of him and we like to explore that a lot more so let me share my screen for that so this is your first photo where you got your diver's license yes so that's not right. wrong so before i ask you more about that was there an, was there something that you didn't expect while scuba diving was there maybe an unexpected obstacle if that makes sense or something you weren't ready for prepared for absolutely so it was more of an emotion right and mm-hmm. there there have been only two times um bef- like one time before this experience that i i felt that mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. i'll come to that after this right so it was i was mentally prepared for everything you know i had done my training i had you know read all the theory and you know listened to all the instruction i was given practiced mm-hmm. it all practiced my science and everything right uh right. and i've done scuba diving before with an instructor or with a guide right, right? Okay. But, but my mm-hmm. first dive we just dived in and uh, i dived in alone right and it's just the deep blue and there's no one around and you can hear yourself breathing from the oxygen so the oh. only thing that you hear is and then you hear that little oh. bit you know that bubbly sound yeah. you get in water and it's deep blue and all around you is nothing and and then it strikes you of how magnificent things are if you're ready to open yourself to them and how you know minuscule we are in the larger right. scheme of in mm. the larger scheme of things right and then that that experience lasts for like 10 seconds 15 seconds it's probably a dopamine i don't know what but it, it's a zone where you just you just feel that i am alone here and there's such a large world around me and 
I'm minuscule and I have hey. so much to see around here. Mm-hmm. Right. Respect. So yeah. that was that that was one that was something I wasn't prepared for. They, no one can mm-hmm. prepare you for that, right? No one tell you you will feel this right. way. They'll tell you right. how to jump. They'll tell you how to control your oxygen mm-hmm. cylinder. They will not tell right. you you will feel this way. And everyone will have different, yeah. uh, you know, experiences. But mm-hmm. that was something to answer. I wasn't prepared for. I was going to ask you, uh, related to this, uh, how did you feel being an official diver now that you're you're licensed and everything? How does that feel? So I, I think so that gives me confidence. So mm. I've generally been around, I've been comfortable around water because I've known swimming since a very, very young age. Extremely That's opposite true. for Pratip, the way Pratip yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been on the, in the pool with him? In some I, I don't think I've never seen Pratip yeah, in, in yeah. the pool. <laughs> We'd be there for every the summer watching, I've never seen him. <laughs> for the people watching and in case we didn't mention, Sarvesh is also a childhood friend. So like we've known him since we were like five, six. Yeah. That's true. So it definitely gives you a lot of uh, a lot of confidence, and it's a, so. so I, I look at these activities like you know I've been doing mountaineering, surfing, mm-hmm. scuba diving, right? Mm-hmm. So I come from a point of view of these are activities I can do anywhere in the world. There's a mountain everywhere. There's a right. there are waves oh, everywhere. I can yes, dive that's anywhere. True. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that is those are the kind of things I focus on to to allocate my time, energy, money, resources, right? Where I can build up on this, and these will be things that I can you know do for the rest of my life. I can always go and. Go go for a very fancy luxurious trip when I'm forty five, right? But I may not mm. be able to dive to thirty meters just like that uh, for the first right. time when I'm forty five. Maybe I can, but I'm just saying I those are the things I want to build up on now. So so that, like like I said, my motto is to see how much ever I can, mm-hmm. right? Those these are mm. the things that will enable me to reach there. Damn man, I'm getting life goals from you. Now we'll move on to the next photo. Yes, sir, Sarvesh. So firstly. Clearly, this is in the Himalayas. I want to know where this is in the Himalayas. I also want to know about this trek. So this was actually this uh, this year, twenty twenty two, and mm-hmm. this was a trek called the Pangarchula trek. And okay. uh, so I've been trekking for few years before this, and mm-hmm. I've been always hovering around that thirteen thousand mark feet mark, and Pangarchula was above fifteen thousand. So it has been a personal goal of mine too. That like the day I started trekking, I figured. And the, the, there's a moment that clicks when you do an activity. There's a moment that clicks like, this is my mazaa mm-hmm. gaya, mm-hmm. right? This is my kick. Mm-hmm. And you and then you you start telling yourself, I need to do this again, right? Mm-hmm. So when I when I figured out trekking, uh, like I enjoy this. This is my kick. I was like, mm-hmm. what is what is the next challenge in this, right? What is considered challenging in this? You can do something recreationally, and you can do something to like challenge yourself, mm-hmm. right? right. Uh, so then I figured, okay. Rec- like you know, recreational ending. A lot of people ended at thirteen, twelve thousand feet, right? Recreational trekking, right? And I, I figured fifteen thousand is the challenge. But like a lot of people, I'm not saying it's a very tough thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying it is a it is right. a challenge. It is a fucking challenge, dude. Yeah. Like for any it is a different person. ball game. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, so that was my goal, but I I knew I couldn't reach there directly, right? So I did a few treks before that, and three three to four months off. Peak fitness, like where before a trek, like people should take photos of me before a trek. If anyone wants to take photos of me, because I'm in my peak fitness. I'm running every day. I'm lifting every day. I'm doing mm. yoga. So you need to put that effort <laughs> for these high altitude treks. So three, four yeah. months before That's a trek. I was gonna ask. And and then I went and I went on this trek, and 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 the irony. So I was going to go one year before last year, 2021, mm. but I had booked mm. everything. I had my bags packed, and then COVID peaked, and everything mm. got cancelled. 
and that was painful because I had been preparing physically, mentally, everything for three months, and then, and then you know, uh, it clicks, and then you obviously have to make the choice that makes the most sense. Uh, and one in this, in the while I'm talking about this, one quick, uh, you know, line for everyone who wants to trek or gets very fascinated is always make the most sensible choice. Like pahad wahi hai, wo kahin nahi jayega. Tum tum agle saal wapas aa sakte ho. right and yeah. in english that means the mountain is going to be there right. uh, mountain is not going to go you will you can come next year it's important that you are there right and, and this this is a line which you will often hear from experienced instructors and i'm not experienced but this is i've, I've heard from many experienced trek leaders because at often mm-hmm. at that altitude you have to make a certain choice should i right. proceed ahead or should i not i have only mm-hmm. this much water or i have i have this much turn around time right? right like i have to get back to yeah. the campsite where this mm-hmm. but the weather is bad right. so you have to make a choice and even right. if that choice is you know has 5% risk of something going the other way mm. you turn back and come mm. you can come right. back again next year right it's important that you are there yeah coming back <laughs> coming back so I, so this this pangalchula trek was my first 15000 peak trek and so i took it up again in 2022 this year and again went to the entire physical uh, physical regime and uh, and and then finally took it up one thing like i said you you can do a lot of physical um training and be prepared right some mental things you are not prepared mm-hmm. for it's it's not Very written important. in any blog in any yeah. any instruction manual yeah. right and so on my last day uh, on my last day of the trek so the, the first few days were still okay and the last day is the most challenging day how many days was this trek this was 7 days and to end 7 days okay So la- when I say last day means the day we plan to summit. Mm-hmm. We plan to summit. Wait. So, so from down to up, it's seven days. Yeah. So you come down, you camp at the base camp, and then you have another uh-huh. four five days of going up, and then another one two days of coming down. Okay. <laughs> and then and then you can you keep camping on the way, obviously. Mm-hmm. So so you, uh, so you prepare yeah. food on the way. You go to the washroom on the way. You do everything on the way. It's just you, and. that those mountains around you god bless god bless nothing else uh, nothing else right so uh yeah and then so we decided to do two so there was a smaller peak which was at 14000 feet which is another it's a very famous old trail um, in indian trekking it's called kuari pass so we decided we will summit kuari pass come mm-hmm. back down to base camp by afternoon and again at night we'll go for pangarchula which is the main mm. goal so we did kuari pass okay. that was already a big boost and we were already little dead Uh, we are back mm. by in base camp in we are back to our advance camp by around uh, 3 pm 4 pm um, and then 11 pm you leave for pangachura 11 pm at night night treks oh must be really cold so you ha- yeah it's it's shivering it's bone chilling and at 11 pm um, you gear up you have breakfast at 11 pm because you can't cook along the way and uh, and you start and so one way one way of that trek depending obviously on your pace can be up to 8 9 hours Wow. And I, oh, I I I took um, I started at 11 p.m. and I summited at 6:30 a.m. Mm, yeah. Right, uh, and we we were a relatively well paced or fast like little faster group, mm. but you know people can mm. take longer time than that, and and then so you take seven and a half eight hours one way, and then you have to come back seven and a half eight hours, yeah. and you don't have the energy, and and mm-hmm. and it's just not that. Right? So you start you you start with that mindset at night. and you carry only you can carry maximum 2 or 3 liters of water there's no water on the way 
and uh, and then the higher you go the oxygen reduces so you're doing much more taking much more effort to take that same breath and it's chilly it's just dark around you and all these things start you know playing in your mm-hmm. mind and right. uh, and and a lot of times admittedly i've questioned ki why am i doing this do you, <laughs> do you have a feeling like in the middle like you want to go back do you have you ever got that feeling honestly no honestly i haven't felt like take me back uh, but obviously if some if some i i'd say you know if someone's feeling uncomfortable or you know you know some genuine reason you feel like going back you know definitely go back that's you know i'd do that any given day but but, but like i said no, i've uh, i've often had that question while trying like, why am i doing this like why am i putting myself i can just use this money go stay in a five star hotel for 3 days in front of a pool yeah. and just come back right mm. uh, but but then you 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 pull yourself back and and so one mindset that this has taught me is that you don't need to keep looking at the peak right your goal is not the yeah. peak your goal your goal is the next step right. your goal, you just need to, you just need to you just need enough courage energy to take that one step and the step after mm-hmm. that you think you think once the step is done if you if you just keep looking at the peak like you know uh, it's so far away oh god far, i yeah. still have hours right no mm-hmm. that's not my goal my goal is the next step and then after the next step is just one it's literally just one step at a time which has mentally you know kept me going and then at 6 am you just hit the peak and then the sun is rising and you have the most magnificent mountains in the world not even himalayas in the world around you and right. and this, this is one of my most most like surreal experiences right i'm mm-hmm. always heard of uh, people getting very emotional when they summit mm-hmm. uh, and when they summit right. a peak right because they because everyone has very different backgrounds and challenges and for someone mm-hmm. an easy trek would have been a much harder trek yeah. to do yeah right and i i got up there and i was just sitting in silence cuz i was just um, you know soaking it in i was having my own moment zindagi na mila zindagi na mila yeah i actually had it there that that's right. right that's the right analogy i actually had it there i'm just sitting there uh, just you know past three months i just going to my head, and i see a guy in front of me um he had tears rolling down his eyes he's just sitting like that and he had tears rolling down his eyes and uh, and i didn't i didn't go see, i just watched him from away because mm. i knew it is his moment and yeah, he has to yeah, yeah. live that moment himself and he does but you just watch that and you just there's one of those again perspective things right it could have been right exactly certain amount easy for me but it could have been twice as hard for someone else mm-hmm. and i and and twice as hard for me compared to someone else right so everyone has their own journeys and experiences you know that and reasons and reasons that they do they do these things and then mm-hmm. and then again you have the seven hour journey all the way back but but what keeps you going is that you you did it you went up yeah, there and you you, you, you finished what you came for the most most naive question i mean i feel like someone would have asked you this at some point but i just want to ask you just because i want to know your interest but do you think you'll ever cr- climb the everest i think uh, that's not a naive question i think that's any any uh, climber anyone who's climbed in the himalayas mm. or trekked in the himalayas has that question i've asked that question myself um honestly right i don't see myself climbing the everest oh really uh, right now at least in mm. the foreseeable future that, that involves a lot of money and mm. time which uh, which you know i don't have right now as much um uh, to give and also i so i don't i haven't done enough research but i know there is a 
certainly so certain considerable degree of risk when oh yeah i mean when mm-hmm. you're climbing the everest right yeah and and all of these activities even climbing any mountain has a risk you can be hit by mm. acute mountain sickness on a very normal trek if you're mm. not careful what right? is an acute so, mountain sickness okay yeah acute mountain sickness is basically uh, when you go up when the, the 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 higher you rise oxygen levels in the in your body reduce and uh, and if you're not drinking water hydrating enough then then you start getting fever and headache and it can it can escalate uh, a lot right so 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 those are things you feel as you go higher like even pangarthila mm-hmm. you know ki your, your lungs are taking much more effort to breathe the same amount of oxygen that you're breathing at a sea level right, mm-hmm. right? and which is why training is absolutely absolutely mm-hmm. you know the foremost uh, foremost thing that you're supposed to do before a trek Mm-hmm. right but but coming back to the everest question i don't see myself because there's always a certain degree of risk and in any in any activity that you do technically there's a certain degree of risk in crossing the road yeah, right? yeah. but the, but those those levels of uh, of i i i think i remember this from a very old movie i, I was about nikki uh, nikki lauda about uh, in formula 1 racing right? oh yeah rush he said he's mm-hmm. yeah rush and and you know he said that that i know there's a 20% risk i don't remember the exact dialogue but he said there's a 20% risk every time i get into the car right but anything more than that i'm not willing to accept right so you set your boundaries and what you are okay with right a lot of people will not do the things that i do because for them that is not an acceptable yeah. level of risk yeah right so i don't think yeah. everest cuts my risk mm-hmm. risk margin yeah. at least for now right. so yeah. that that is the answer it's a very brave answer though it's very it's very i would i would appreciate you for admitting it because a lot of people take it on the ego two things one when you said that the mountain will stay here and i can come back next year a lot of people think i'm a dude i can i can climb there's there's no yeah and the fact that you could admit it that that is a risk that you're not willing to take at least for now yeah i just wanted to roll it back to when you've reached the peak uh and you have to go down so that's another 7 8 hours what is that like because uh i've heard a lot of stories of people saying that the trek downwards is tougher or you need to be more uh aware because i mean you're coming down and there there's a certain Absolutely. level of complacency that could kick in yeah so uh trekking down is definitely as big a challenge as trekking up if not more mm-hmm. primarily because you're exhausted okay. mm-hmm. you have been trekking for 8 right. hours right right trekking for 8 hours and uh, your water is almost over <laughs> hopefully you're not dehydrated and your mental motivation of de- when you're going up you have that motivation of reaching up when you're going down that does not exist you just like someone airlift yeah. me down to my camp <laughs> right someone please do that right that's what you're yeah. thinking and uh, and then and then your legs are dead mm. and the thing with descent is some descents are very steep where um, you still have to be operating at a very alert level yeah. of attention mm. right where because there there are rocks you know that can just slip or there are and there's a crevice where your leg could just go through right uh, so you, you still have to be operating at that same attention span and at that same energy level for you to come down and then after a point you, you're just constantly impacting your knees mm, right you're right, just right. you're just that going downwards right and you're impacting mm. your knees so it's a lot of these things are just uh, you know there's a sort of set of challenges that you are doing going up and there's a different set of challenges that you face right. going down right uh, but mm-hmm. you know they they there is one thing that i learned in scuba diving right they say uh the primary goal of any scuba diving trip is for it to be a safe trip right not 
hmm, not see okay. thing like it is going like yeah, if you are if you have returned back safely on the board that means it's a successful trip anything <laughs> else is secondary <laughs> right and that is, and that is what you bring to trekking also right like which which is why i said right uh uh which is why i said at some point you know a lot of trekkers have to make a choice that can i go up still right because mm. you have to remember you have to come back down yeah, those many yeah. hours again oh, yeah. right so yeah. so it's a lot of things that you have to keep in mind be mindful of when making these you know choices which are very critical choices at that stage i was going to say that i've had this experience when i was a kid where we had to i mean i think we went from school and we had to climb a hill and teachers told us to stop except there were three of us including me of course who said i can't do this <laughs> fuck this so then we climbed and while coming down i and then teachers again said don't run because then you can't stop yourself and i thought oh we have to run and i ran and i think i fell halfway down and i had scratches all over my face i broke my finger yeah so. on the bright side you got there before the other two folks fair <laughs> 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 yeah sarvesh yeah you have to talk about this you know, that's uh, this is the sundarbans right yes <laughs> So the first before before asking about the details of that itself I was going to ask you what does planning a route entail yeah so planning a route uh, to be honest like most of it is done by the guide right and you are part of that conversation right uh, cuz obviously you you can't you can't just come there and they show me like go straight left right there's mcdonalds there dead end right right you can't that, that's not how you plan a route in these places so planning a route is basic is is basically uh, so that so the sundarban itself for the in this context right there's a certain part of it in bangladesh there's a certain part of it in india and and there's certain unrestricted areas right mm-hmm. and then there's always the high tide low tide you mean restricted right? areas oh unrestricted areas right? <laughs> restricted <laughs> areas yeah. uh, so there are restricted areas where you know uh-huh. you can't go for because of multiple reasons right and there's high tide low tide you know which happens so uh, so so that that's when the guide explains you okay you know this is the route we'll take and sometimes there's a certain mm. thing that you want to see or certain thing that guide say you know you, you want to see this instead of that like then we can take we can take this route right and you have the option of uh, just sitting there and letting him do all the job right and most of the people so the, the map that map actually right you showed the map uh, i i i just asked the captain of the ship of that uh, tr- that cruise whatever right i asked the captain of the boat do you have a map because i i want to i want to be aware of where i am and mm-hmm. and these things enable you to be much more involved involved mm-hmm. in that activity and be more immersed right so uh, there were like other bunch of folks on that boat with me right but none of them saw this map right and 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 the, that tourist guy he was more than happy to bring out mm-hmm. that map he explained me the entire delta you know, this is here this is bangladesh you know this is this, this is where local villages are and this is the route we will be taking you were here yesterday and then when in a delta right if you're sitting um you're just sitting on the boat and then you see the uh you see the captain take a right turn right for you is just a right turn but if you've seen that map right. you know where oh, you are yeah. and you know why you're taking this right turn right. Yeah. right so and so it comes back to uh one of the things that i like i want to talk about when i was just thinking of it right don't hesitate to talk to people mm-hmm. just yeah. worst case he'll say no you i don't have a map or no you can't see a map there's no loss there right. but and and most of the time i think 99% of the times these people will be more than happy to have that word with you there was a language certain language barrier also right mm-hmm. but uh, but they'll be more than happy to talk to you and and express what they want to talk about you just need to see that he's another human i am another human we would just need to talk because we're sitting in the middle of a jungle in the middle of nowhere 
right? So when you're traveling, just talk. Don't think that you know what will he think. Will he reply? Worst case, he he'll, he'll he'll say no. Move on. Right? Yeah, There's nothing yeah, wrong yeah. with that. That's true, man. That's really true. So just just talk. Yeah, I think that's really important because oftentimes you can just caught up in exactly as you said opinions of other people and we miss out on some really good opportunities on learning. So yeah. You also spoke about a very important thing, which is often like not taken note of, is the budget and stuff. And I mean, there's a lot of TED talks that I've seen of people who pay like minimum amounts or just go on a trip without any money. Have you ever wanted to explore that option where you're like, I'll take just this small amount of money and I'll see where it gets me. Like, I'll hitchhike a ride and stuff like that. Yeah. So that was my to an extent, not fully, but that was my plan when I went uh, earlier this year to uh, to Himachal and Uttarakhand. Right? I don't look at this my budget, and the day I have this much left, I turn around with a flight or a train, whatever I can oh, afford right, at that right. point. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whatever I can okay. afford point, because even trek, you know, you have that. If I reach by seven a.m., where I go. Uh-huh. If I don't, I immediately turn back from where I am. Turn back. Right. Yeah, so if you I have these rules for yourself. Yeah, you have to, because uh, you know it, it. You have to be like disciplined about right uh, about that, right? Because mm-hmm. you, it, you know, especially high altitude tracks, you cannot, uh, you cannot, you know, be careless and all those things. Right? So if by seven a.m. I've reached, I've reached. Else, seven a.m. wherever I am, even if I'm just fifteen minutes from the peak, turn back. Oh, so you need that uh, discipline, like when you're doing right. these things. So similarly, when I'm saying like, so mm-hmm. I have a budget. I have I have a hundred rupees budget. The day I have. 10 rupees left or 3 rupees or 20 rupees left i use that money turn to back. book a ticket bus train boat <laughs> flight whatever <laughs> and turn back home but what you are seeing uh, i saw this actually very interesting like i met these two guys uh, when i was in uh, uh, living that place ahead of manali and there are these two guys from kerala and they had come all the way from kerala i don't know how they made it all the way here bus train or hitchhiking and they were carrying their own uh, tents and the okay. the local house i was staying at uh, they just they requested them that uh, that you know just give me like i just need to pitch my tent in your garden for the night can i do that nothing else okay okay and and I, when i spoke to them so they have just they have i don't know how they came from kerala they traveled through india and came and every night oh. they just they are just on their foot wherever possible right. on their foot or hitchhike and they go and then camp they, they find a place to camp at the night and then they keep and they keep moving on so so i've seen uh, people do that and that is another way of traveling which maybe at some point i do want to uh, do but with my style of travel where i'm tra- i'm most of the time trying to work mm-hmm. also and find find a balance that mm. that that degree of unplannedness does not would not work for me it's not work right. but uh, but i think that is a cool idea and at some point you know i may you know i may want to do that as well when i have more flexibility to do that Sarvesh, thank you so much for all the time that you have given us. But this is how we end our episode. Are you a tea or a coffee person? Tea. Oh yes, let's go. <laughs> yes. You have no idea. We have had what eighty plus guests, I think, and we have yeah. four people who like tea. You're the fifth. <laughs> tea, no hands on. From from day one, it's yeah. been like like yeah. I I enjoy coffee a lot. I enjoy, but it's a novelty. No, no, like, you I don't have to say all of that. Okay, good. Yeah, it's tea. I, 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 I need tea. I enjoy coffee. I need tea. Oh, you are the perfect guest, dude. Did you have tea at the trek or like at Himalayas? Did you have Maggie? 
all the time so ma- <laughs> so overall uh, so tea a lot um, maggi a little less cuz um, mm-hmm. generally i am I, i i love maggi myself told <laughs> ever people people don't cancel me just cuz i said i don't eat maggi on treks cuz cuz oh, really? generally three months before the trek i'm eating very healthy and oh, reducing okay. processed yeah. food and doing those things and uh, and generally on the trek i try to eat you know like mostly nutrient dense things like you know fruits or energy bars and things like that so maggi it's this like i i wait for someone else to buy and then like ek spoon i will have for the ikmar <laughs> but tea a lot all the time thrice a day mm, and right. not very fancy right just water put some ginger maybe some tea put some lemon make what you have make what you have there you are the man sarvesh you are the man i feel like pra- that's pratap's itinerary if anywhere he goes i feel like maggi will be a thing <laughs> definitely bro yeah, especially see. like at the hills bro like that is Sarvesh, thank you so much once again for coming and talking about this. I feel like I've learned a lot, not only about trekking and scuba diving and stuff, but just life in general and how to prioritize few things. And like I said, I don't, I mean, I don't really, I would have said this while, intru- while introducing you. I don't really hate my life. I don't think it's boring, but I feel like talking to you made me realize I can make it more exciting and make it more fun if that makes sense but yes sarvesh again thank you so much for joining in guys like share and subscribe i've never said this but i have to from now so please do that but yes thank you again once again thank you so much for watching yo yo thanks for tuning into the latest episode of just baate we hope you enjoyed it and that it left you inspired Thanks for all your support and maybe you could support us just a little more by maybe going to our Instagram and Twitter and giving us a follow there and also you can listen to us on all podcasting platforms right from Spotify to Apple Podcasts to Google Podcasts cheers